Hi, this is John Barber, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Good evening, I'm Hugh Downs. And I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. From ABC News, around the world, and into your home, the stories that touch your life. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Now we'll welcome back our friend Tom Dreesen in our second hour. Tom Dreesen, legendary comedian and stand-up comedy pioneer who traveled the country for more than 14 years as the opening act for Frank Sinatra. Tom has published a new memoir that is not only filled with great showbiz stories, but it's truly an inspiring story that in many respects embodies the American dream. Tom Dreesen will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom as we bring you This Week in TV History. Tony's segment brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble during this time of sheltering in place. You can see five-minute videos of the Story Salon members sharing their stories every week at facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. Tonight, we're going to play part two of a conversation that we recorded a few weeks ago with Tony and Donna. We are wrapping up our tribute to Carl Reiner that day when Tony mentioned that shortly after we lost Carl Reiner we lost Hugh Downs and I did not realize this until I was putting together a video and I was looking at the archive of American television Hugh Downs was working at NBC in Rockefeller Center and he did work on your show of shows he was the announcer I don't know whether it was your show of or was shows. It Caesar's Hour. No, no, no. It was Caesar did a show for ABC in '58 called "Sid Caesar Invites You." It for it was a it was a, it had a good time slot, for, but for whatever reason, it only went 13 and out. But Hugh Downs was the announcer. I forgot about that. Because he mentions Carl Reiner. Well, you know, but our mutual friend Phil Grice reminded me of that when I revisited. I reposted the interview that Hugh Downs did on our program back in 2013. And as I I cut it together, I forgot that Hugh talked about that. And Phil, God bless him, played a clip of that. Hugh talked about that he was in some sketches, if there was a reporter or something like that. Yeah. But he also did introductions because Sid Caesar could not do any sort of introductions yeah. that you would associate Milton Berle and Jack Benny, or they would come out as themselves and announce the show. We got a great show or whatever. Sid, Sid Caesar could not do that to save his life. He was terribly shy. He could do these great characters and these great bits, but he could not come out. And so Hugh Downs did a lot of stuff like that, just setting up the premise for a sketch. Yeah. And I always thought that Carl Reiner did, you know, what Dan Aykroyd would call the uh, 42 regular, uh, which later Phil Hartman would do mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live. And Will Ferrell, I think, did it to an extent. You know, it was just, he was the guy in the suit. Yeah. You needed, you needed the school principal. You needed the CEO. You needed the plant manager. And Dan Aykroyd would always do it so beautifully. And I always thought that, you know, that was a huge contribution of what Carl Reiner did. I didn't realize that Hugh Downs was doing a lot of that, too. But such a what I would call a utility player. You need the guy in the suit to make the sketch work. 
and Carl Reiner was often so good. At, but then he did the wacky stuff on that show. Uh, when uh, he, Sid Caesar, Howard Morris, and Carl Reiner played a, a rock group called The Haircut. Yes. You know, which was totally zany. But I think when we look back, you know, I think the thing that we always look back is Carl Reiner doing the spoof of It's the One, uh, uh, This Is Your Life. Uncle Goopy. And then to have, you know, like Sid Caesar, of course, steals it. And yeah. then, you know, Howard Morris comes in as Uncle Goopy. And he's not only doing the Ralph Edwards role, but it's almost like he's being a a lion tamer. Yeah. With, or, I mean, it is, and this is all going out live. And not only is it in front of a live audience, it's incorporating the live yeah. audience. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're familiar with, uh, you know, this is your life, and then you see this, I mean, it's hysterical, but he has to anchor that yeah. thing. And it is, I mean, yeah, you truly have to appreciate that. But then later on, Hugh Downs was the host of, uh, I think, Concentration, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, so he's in the Game Show Hall of Fame. Uh, so he, he had done that. He had done, you know, some of the sketch work. He had done uh, radio stuff. And then I think for our generation, we're always going to remember him as the host of the Today Show for that period uh, from the 60s going into the early 70s. At one point, he was doing, this is in the early 60s, at one point, he did, he did the Today Show in the morning, he would tape concentration in the afternoon, and then he would do the par show at yeah. night. And back then, wow. back then they either did it live on. They, they didn't do it like five o'clock in the afternoon the way they did it today. Yeah. They did it eight o'clock. They were just experimenting with yeah. that idea. Yeah. I mean, so he would. They would do some shows live. The famous water closet joke show mm -hmm. was pre-recorded. And they, Jack Parr did not know until it aired at 11.30 that, they that took, night. They took that out, yeah. That they cut it out. And Hugh Downs was the only one who knew that the next night Jack Parr was going to walk off the show, which was live. But what Hugh didn't know, Hugh thought that Jack was going to walk off like in the middle of the show. I think, I think back then it was an hour and 45 minutes. So he, he thought like maybe an hour into the show he was going to have the dramatic walk-off. What Parr didn't tell him was what happened, which is he delivered a brief monologue, and then he said there's got to be a better way to make a living, yeah. and then he, wa he walked off seven minutes into the show. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the difference between Hugh Downs and every other late-night sidekick. Hugh Downs could actually host a show seamlessly. And again, this is, um, Hugh said this to us when he talked to Phil and I back in 2013. Apparently, Parr made sure the guest lineup, I forget who the guest line, the guests were that night. But, I think Shelley Berman was one of them. Okay. Parr made sure that Downs had an A-list roster of guests that night so that the burden was not entirely on Hugh, knowing that he was going to pull a surprise on him. And not not everyone would have the foresight to do that, yeah. you know, uh, but he did. 
and uh, and then of course, you know, but but Hugh ended up, if I as I recall correctly, Hugh ended up mo- hosting the show most of that month or so during his walkout. And, and again, not not every number two could be a number one host, but he had that in the skill set. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom. We are spending a few minutes talking about the career of broadcast legend Hugh Downs as part of a special series of This Week in TV history segments in which we look at some of the notable TV personalities who passed away earlier in 2020. Hugh Downs passed away July 1st, 2020 at the age of 99. I don't know if you saw this. Bill Jankowski was the collaborator on what turned out to be the final book, the second memoir, final book published by Patty Duke. It was released about two years after she passed. And it was, it was a sequel to Call Me Anna in that it was a memoir both of her last 30 years as an actress and... It touched on areas that complemented what she talked about in Call Me Anna. She had a story about Hugh Downs that, for reasons of space, was not published in the book. But Bill Jankowski, God bless him, shared it on social media last week. And the upshot is she talks about how she appeared on 2020 you mentioned how our generation probably remembers him as the host of the day show i would i would wager a good part of our memory of our generation would also remember him as hosting and anchoring 2020 2020. so um patty duke talks about the day or however long it took to record to tape the interview that aired on 2020 and she talked about her bipolar disorder. She talked about subject matter that she would not ordinarily share on a television interview. But because it was Hugh Downs and because he did his homework and because he totally put her at ease, she described that experience, he made I me, mean, we're, we're talking about the most uncomfortable episodes of my life, but he made me feel like we're going out for ice cream. <laughs> and she concludes by saying when the 2020 segment aired, she got more feedback from viewers who would share their stories. And that segment gave other people with bipolar condition the strength to seek the help they needed. And so um, it was an example of of television, using the platform of television to achieve a greater good. And going back to Hugh Downs, yes, he was, he was a news anchor, he was a host, but he was also a journalist. And he approached it in a very responsible way. He didn't ask anything salacious. And again, she points out that he won an Emmy for that segment, and deservedly so, although she closes by saying, Hugh Downs should have won an Emmy every time he opened his mouth. (laughs) Hugh Downs is another one of those. We're just losing so many great people. I mean, he was another one of those people that we all grew up with. Mm -hmm. 
and he had just such a genuine everyman quality about him where yeah. he could say anything you would believe him. You trusted him. Yeah. And I wonder if that time of journalist has passed, but there will certainly never be another gentleman like him. And gentlemen, I use that word deliberately. That's, I mean, he, he, he covered everything in the 60s from the Kennedy assassination to the moonshot and everything in between. He interviewed uh, Martin Luther King. I mean, he's, he's later done interviews, and you can find them easily on YouTube, about what it was like to be a journalist in the 60s. Yeah. As long as, you know, the technology that was available for journalists in that time period. I mean, we've talked to Bill Grice about how, you know, Walter Cronkite was covering the uh, the Kennedy assassination because the, the cameras were warmed up. And at NBC, it's just Don Pardo making an announcement over a card because the, the, the cameras weren't, you know, the Today Show set was already cooled down. But, I mean, you'd have to think of technology like that, that there were no satellites that, you know, they would cover an event and the film would be flying back to New York with them and being yeah. developed. Yeah, there is, you know, for the younger listeners, just a basic cell phone far more powerful than a camera at a TV network was. Or, you know, any tech, you know, our it's, smartphones, you know, they didn't have any computer technology. You know, when Dave Garraway started the Today Show, there was a facsimile machine on the set, which mm -hmm. was, but it took, you could send a photograph from the West Coast to New York and it would arrive within a half an hour. You know, through the machine. Yeah. Uh, but also the Dave Garraway's Today Show, and and Hugh Downs talks a lot about what Dave Garraway had started. When there were two TV monitors next to each other, one had the Golden Gate Bridge and one had the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. so they were live feed. And that was, you know, thanks to coax cable under the ground. So I mean, they did all of that. Uh, he talks also about, and and it made me think of you. He said, you know, that he wishes that he could read more of the books when he was interviewing authors. <laughs> but sometimes just because of the day-to-day yeah. -day doing the show. Yeah. And he said, you know, he would like, you know, when he did the Today Show, he wished he could have gone home at, you know, like at noon because he was there at 4 a.m. Yeah. Getting things ready. And he wished that he could go home at, and he never did. Yeah. You know, so that, you know, even when he only did the Today Show, it was still often 12-hour days, but he didn't have time to read all the books. He said, if I could read a couple of reviews and they had a decent dust jacket on the book, I would know enough so I could have an intelligent conversation with the author. And it made me think of you because we brought this up. You read the books. You, and and when, when we're together and we're interviewing somebody who wrote a book, you can look at your copy of the book, and there are all these different colored paper clips. And I remember when you used to use post-it notes, but yeah. now you're being more green. Yeah. And just different colored paper clips. And it could be a 300-page book, yeah. and I could see what looks like 40 paper clips. Yeah. You know, in different key areas of the book, and. And since, you know, sometimes I didn't have a chance to read the book or I didn't, you know, have a chance to even see the book, you know, I'm taking the Hugh Downs approach of, you know, reading what I can. And then I bring up a question, you'll look at me and then you will open up based on where you stuck the... <laughs> 
the book. <laughs> yeah, but that made me think of you because there's only I, I only know two people who actually do, uh, which is you and and John Stewart. Yeah. When he, you know, John Stewart would try to make a point to read the book, yeah. and the times when I've had and and I want to read, uh, but the times when I have in the course of the interview, the authors are always much more impressed. Oh my God, you read the book? Yeah. Well, like it is a shocking thing. Well, because I have found that a lot of times the best questions are the only questions that unless you've read the book, there's no way you would know that, Mm -hmm. you know, or reading the book, it will trigger something that they may not have written about in the book. But it's a question that if you ask them, they can tell. You probably wouldn't have thought of that question had you not read the book. And look, you know, celebrities, newsmakers, they're people too. You don't write a book in a vacuum. You write a book hoping someone will read it, mm-hmm. whether it's one person or a million and one people. John Barber apparently read the books when he did when he did his various talk shows. And, and that makes a difference as he talks about it as well. So Yeah, and I can understand, especially when he worked the, the schedule of the Today Show. Yeah. It would be impossible to read every book, you know. That exactly. And you know, and it's also at a time, you know. Now it's like, oh, so and so's on. Well, let me let me load it onto my Kindle. Yeah. Or you know, whatever platform you have. I mean, it's also you know, it's the fact that you have to physically get the book, mm-hmm. you know, which could be a challenge, you know, from the publishers. But yeah, that part of Hugh Downs, I think, is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, he also worked with Coupe Fran and Ollie. I mean, he, oh, God, yes, he, he did. He did do that. I mean, so he had yeah. just, uh, you know, we talk about Carl Reiner being the utility player on stage, and I think Hugh Downs was the utility guy. He worked. You know, and, he worked with Jack Benny several times. Yeah. On his show, one time he and Rock Hudson appeared together, and I forget the exact details of the premise but uh and he would again to use your phrase utility player he wasn't just the announcer he was playing an extension of Hugh Downs or Hugh Downs as the yeah. writer of the Jack Benny show created him and he delivered he delivered his lines seamlessly and was able to you know wait for the funny as Gary Marshall would put it. Tony and Don are with us via Zoom as we are spending a few minutes talking about the life and career of broadcast legend Hugh Downs as part of a special edition of This Week in TV History. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll continue our tribute to Hugh Downs when we come back on TV Confidential. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon Gemstones of Narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, Tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio Incorporated, a peerless TV soundtrack archive 
Preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances, broken air conditioner, broken down heating system, broken down washer dryer, broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.